on it. <laughs> was it Chad Palmer or Chaz Palminteri and Constantine? I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Legions. Welcome once again to the What You've Been Watching podcast. I am your host, the marvelous Mike Dudley. Joined, as always, by my co-host, cohort, and youngest brother, MD3 Marcus Dudley, checking in on the YOU. What is going on out there in podcast land? We are broadcasting live, as always, right here in the Whatcha Been Watching studios, in the shadows of Dope Campbell Stadium, somewhere near the Apalachicola Forest. <laughs> We're not actually in a building or anything. We're just out there in the woods amongst That's right. nature. That's right. There's a monkey out here, apparently. So. <laughs> Some kind of big-ass yard puma. Uh, Anyways, but we want to give a shout-out to our lovely, lovely intro music, Kesta. Always bright. And indeed, it is always bright when you hear that song, man. That's right. It just puts me in a good mood. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's my jam. I mean, it brings us in on a high note, for sure. Uh, We also... you can (laughs) We just run it into the the dirt. And you can let us know how bad we crashed the show after that if you want to write us in at whatchabinwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. Where can they find us on Facebook, my brother? They can find us at facebook.com slash Dudley Bros Podcast. Or, you know what? We walking around the woods sometimes. You know, we out here. Yeah. Disguising. I don't know. I was in a paintball tournament two weekends ago. Not one of y'all signed up. I've been living in a tree stand for the past four days. <laughs> <laughs> this is slowly becoming one of my favorite bits on it. It's like, I was out there selling Tupac Live t-shirts, two for $20. That was the first iteration of it. It's become one of my favorite bits on it. We out here. And we just say right now. giving coat hanger abortions. I didn't see none of y'all out I know, there. Right? <laughs> I was at the Ferris wheel the other day. Spinning it by hand. Yep. Just, I was there all day. Yep. So we're out here. Also, big shout out. You're gonna. I'm going to plug it again later, but... To our friend, Mr. A1, who's been supplying all of our lovely yes, interlude music. There's going to be some Christmas beats coming up here soon and all sorts of stuff. You can find him if you're looking for custom beats, any kind of... The man is musically inc- inclined. He's a quadruple threat. The man sings, he raps, he dances, he's good at PlayStation, he probably skateboards. I don't know. But you can find him at a... Former Calvin Klein model. Probably. I don't know. I mean... I think uh, I saw him once in one of the George Romero movies in the background. Probably. He's out there too with us sometimes at the paintball tournaments and <laughs> selling biggie shirts. <laughs> Anyways, you can find him at a1reality.music at gmail.com. And that's capital A, the number one, R-E-A-L-I-T-Y dot music at gmail.com. Just trying to get all these plugs out the way. What is going on with you, my brother? How you been? Oh, we are wrapping up spooky season. I mean, we're past spooky season. I don't know. Look, we're we're in a time warp right now. Time's a construct. <laughs> it doesn't move exactly linear for either one of us. But uh, yeah, just been uh, gearing up for uh, for upcoming Thanksgiving because I love that holiday. Because turkey, man, like just give me a good excuse to share stupid stories with the family and eat until I want to puke and take a nap. Like, yeah, is that your favorite holiday? This Thanksgiving. I mean, just in terms of pure like hedonism, you know, like <laughs> some sort of like Dionysian, like Greco-Roman, like gluttony, you know, vomitorium kind of thing. Yeah, I'm down. Let's I'm do this. It. Hey, look, that's a pretty good sales pitch right there. <laughs> I do have a question that as we're exiting spooky season, we're gonna start hearing Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. It's Any day now. 
So here's what I, I implore all of you to do. If you haven't already, next season, whatever, if it's too late for you now and it's already permeated your eardrums and thoughts and minds, next time, like the day or two before Halloween, whatever your favorite Christmas carol is, just go ahead and play that shit. Because you can start <laughs> off the holiday season on your terms that way. Or like November 1st or whatever. It might be too late by then. That's why I say yeah. a few days before. I am a big Donny Hathaway guy. The hang all the mistletoe. I want to get to know right. you okay. better. Okay. Okay. Do, 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 This Christmas. That's my shit. And I listen to that song quarterly. Okay. Okay. So I implore you next time to do that. That's my little what you've been watching advice here. So you can start the holiday season off on your terms. So. Or how about give it the goddamn respect it deserves. Hold off until at least, I don't know, the day after Thanksgiving. And then like, then you can do as much Christmas music as you want. Stop invading my fucking holidays. I'm well, telling you, man, there's a war for Christmas. We'll, um, we'll check with our sponsors about that. They're, they're way up there at the food chain. Maybe they can do something about that. That's right. So, you know, we got big sandwich lurking over I might us. write Santa a very stern missive. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get it to him. I don't know what his address is. I know it's North Pole, but is it like Candy Cane Lane? Is it like something. Gumdrap Avenue? Is it like, That's a good I don't question. know, Santa Claus Lane? Is he like that rich and important that he has his own road named after him? Maybe he does. Always. <laughs> Okay, uh, so man, uh, how you been? What, what you been up to? Man, I won't bore you with it, but the Seminoles are undefeated still. Thus far. Thus far at this point of recording. Um, Eagles doing pretty well. Phillies are playing for the chance to go to the World Series, and I can root for them unabashedly because the Braves have been eliminated. So, <laughs> so it clears up a lot uh, of your clears up, Yeah, so other than that, man, just good. Well, Marcus, I know. If, it wasn't, if it wasn't me, I'm glad it's you. That was Michael's impersonation <laughs> of our great-grandmother, Tucker, a.k.a. Buzz, who was the biggest Braves fan probably on the planet or throughout history. Uh, before she passed away, it was never... It was never the Braves are playing. It was like, my Braves are playing. Right, my right. Braves are on TV. And so that was a big deal, the Braves. So I have vicariously been a Braves fan my whole life. But as I become more engulfed in the city of Philadelphia and their sports, I mean, obviously I've been an Eagles fan my whole life. Sure, but sure. I've started to adapt the, adopt the Phillies just a little bit. But it still is like Braves first. I just feel like I have to do that. As a Southerner, I've mm-hmm. always told people, if you live north of Ocala and south of fucking... Uh, in the top of North Carolina, south of Virginia, like you're a Braves fan. Mm-hmm. Be a Braves fan. <laughs> like that's your team. If you're Louisiana over in the general southeast part, be a Braves fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your Central Florida, yeah, go for whoever. But that's that's your team. So as a, the Strange, Southern Remy. Strangely enough, she was also a huge wrestling fan, and yes, I didn't know that until like way after she had passed. But like, so anyway, she used to. Own, she and her husband used to own this restaurant where apparently. Every time, like, the wrestlers came to town, I'm talking, like, the classics, like, Dusty Rhodes and uh, Ric Flair and Harley Race and the Junkyard Dog, like, all these cats would come through North Florida. They would make a point to stop at Tucker's. Yeah. Right here on Four Corners, man. Yeah, yeah. So, apparently, she used to have this huge collection of, like, wrestlers' autographs and, like, all the pamphlets and flyers and stuff like that. So, if you're out there listening, fam, and you got that, you ain't doing nothing with it. (laughs) Give it to somebody who would really appreciate it. Just put it out there. Oh, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, no, other than that, though, that's uh, just pretty much all I've been doing in terms of that. Other than that, man, just not trying to bore you with it, but just working, trying to keep it in my lane, man. 
There's a joke out there like, my ends don't meet, but they do see each other. <laughs> hey. So they get in the same room. That's right. So that's pretty much where I'm at. They have a passing acquaintance. Yeah. <laughs> so They're like that neighbor that you just give a nod to in the hallway. You're like, you good? You good? Yep. 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 <laughs> so, weather weather yep right right <laughs> yeah exactly so uh the million dollar question my brother now that we've done all our other formalities and all of our plugs uh-huh. which you can rewind the podcast to catch again because i don't want to do them again the reason why everybody tunes in what you been watching my brother my man finishing out spooky season strong uh i saw the classic nightmare on elm street recently the Johnny Depp one? His intro. Ah. And John Saxon. Who was that? You remember Mr. Roper from uh, uh, Enter the Dragon? Yeah. That guy. Oh, where does Bond? Yeah, he plays. Oh. Yeah, he plays uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, the, the main actresses, the, the, the final girl, plays, plays her dad, the police chief. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. Well, I learned something new today here at Watching. Yeah, and also watch. Robert England, of course, is, yeah, as, yeah, of course. is Freddy Krueger and. Uh, I wish I could remember her name. It's not Kirstie, because that's Hellraiser. There's somebody uh, out there. Kirstie Allen? No, not Kirstie Allen. No. She was Star Trek. Yeah. She was well, and also Trek. Cheers. Oh, yeah. That's true. Hey, look. Well, Star Trek came first. No, it didn't. Star Trek came first before Cheers. Not her role in Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Maybe you might be right. I don't know. Whatever. I don't be paying attention. Timeline. Also, shut up, nerd. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Star Trek timeline versus Cheers. I know Frazier was in Cheers, goddamn. <laughs> That's what I know about it. Good anyway. God. <laughs> Anyways. So, no, actually, uh, I've seen, I know I've seen um, Nightmare on Elm Street. The last time I saw it, though, I was in high school. Really? Yeah, because uh, I was, uh, full confession, if you haven't figured it out by now, I am a huge Johnny Depp stan. Uh, mm-hmm. I was very early on, and like when Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean came out, and he was at the pinnacle of his powers. Like, the pinnacle of his yeah, powers. Yeah, his deptum. Um <laughs> Yeah, I uh, convinced my friend Yaz that uh, he should be a Johnny Depp band too. His guy was Christian Bale, and he came over to the dark side with me, and I came over to the dark side with him a little bit. But I went on a quest at this time, because I was in high school, I had a full-time job, and I didn't have shit else to do, so I just was at Best Buy and Walmart really late at night on Tuesdays to get stuff. So I pretty much acquired like every movie that Johnny Depp was in at mm. one point. I mean, like everything. Like, yeah. the, Oh, he's in Platoon for 10 minutes? I'll take that. Yeah. And that was... Uh, the last time I saw that movie beginning to end was when I was on that kick. Okay. Yeah, okay. When he died on the ceiling, I believe. Uh, he was no, in the he, got, he got sucked into a bed. Yeah, and he was in the bed. Yeah. yeah, he was, yeah. He was in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> he in the bed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and then he gets sucked into a bed and a uh, fountain of blood erupts that's right. and, and hits the ceiling. That's, that's right. Okay, that's, yeah. right. that's right. I remember he got splattered against the ceiling. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, but that was the last time I saw it, so that was, I'm pushing 20 years ago on that, man. Wow. Yeah. Any, any, 2005. Any thoughts to revisit it? Or? No, I'll probably start to, it's, to catch up on it as you kind of film me in, or I'll just fake my way through it. <laughs> no. But, I, but I, I do know for a fact that was the last time I saw it. For so, sure, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great classic movie. Like, in terms of special effects, it doesn't hold up to today, but you got to understand that back, back then in, I want to say it was 1982... Sounds about right. Maybe 83, something like that. Um, they were working with all practical effects. Right. And so, yeah, it looks a little cheap and, and a little bit uh, sort of B-movie for compared to today's standards. But for a movie with absolutely zero CGI, 
it's still an incredible watch. It's still very visually dynamic. Like there, this was before Freddie did his full like comic book turn, where he was just doing cheesy one-liners and and you know like gimmick kills. Right. You know. They all eventually kind of resort to that. That's what drove the audience. It's like, ooh, what kind of kills are we going to see today? Yeah, you know, so. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, this is still when Freddy Krueger was like a viable, like terrifying threat. You know, like he wasn't full cartoon villain at that point. Um, he he literally was just he was something created out of your nightmares. And and don't fall asleep, or Freddy's going to get you. And the one problem is everyone we all, all got to sleep. That's yeah. what was so conceptually horrifying about that movie. It's like, you know, the boogeyman, like we all think, you know, oh, I'm going to get God or whatever. Even sure. as a kid, oh, there's a monster in the closet. Where's the one place you hide? It's like, oh, under the covers. So it's right. like when you go to sleep, yeah, you might have a bad dream here or there, but right. when you wake up, it's like that was your break from whatever was oh, haunting I still, you. I still won't sleep with a foot outside of the outside of the bed. Oh, yeah. I'm going to reach up and grab it. <laughs> I can have that shit safely yeah. tucked in. Yeah, and just the idea, like you said earlier, everybody has to sleep at some point. Right. You can fight it like it's the inevitable of it is is coming. So, um, and the makeup job that they do in that movie, what's oh, his yeah. name? Robert um Robert England. England. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's incredible, man. It, it's one of the better makeup jobs. It works really well for that movie in terms of its, like you said, it's off just enough where it still kind of works in its favor. It's like it could be shitty makeup, or this dude could just be that fucking disfigured. So you right, don't really exactly, know exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the the burn crispy with the like musculature showing underneath, and he just always looks greasy and sweaty, and like you know, uh, like it, it literally looks like his flesh was peeled back from like a fryer burn or something right. like that. You know, yeah, um, yeah. And then of course just the just the concept of finger knives. Like I don't know why that's so creepy, but like. Just the idea that he's just got this one hand that's just deadly as fuck, and like it's always reaching out for you. It's it's and he he plays with it in in wonderful ways. Like like during the movie, he's he's chasing. Um, fuck, I need to look up her name. Uh, yeah, when when he's chasing uh, Nancy, uh, who by the way, the the actress's name is Heather Landcamp. I just remembered it off not, the top of my head. Not Kirstie at all. No, not or Kirstie or at all. Christie. No, no, or no, no, Catherine. No, was it Catherine Hepburn? It might have been. Freddy, I'm so scared. <laughs> Come to me, big boy. I'll see you in my dreams. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, he's, when he's chasing Nancy, you know, he's like tapping the, the finger knives on, on the metal railing. You can hear like the like it sounds like a spider creeping or something right. or, he'll, or he'll just randomly like scrape it up against the wall mid-sentence or something like that it's just it's this terrifying realization that like this ever-present violent you know violent tool you know yeah it's like uh what do they call it um like is it a motif or something yeah when, when it, emperor dun, 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 uh, and darth vader walks in you hear his theme and that yeah. called the motif or whatever it's kind of the same thing with him I'm yeah. probably butchering it. I, I I know the term I'm looking for. I know it starts with the M, but I'm just going to call it the motif for now. But, the uh, modus operandi. Yeah, sure. The, uh, yeah. Morbius. Sure. The, uh... um, but no, it's one of those things like you, with the tapping of that, with the scratching of the walls, things of that nature, it always kind of, the ever-present fear uh, yeah, uh, embodied yeah. behind you. So. Yeah, it's like a constant uh, reaffirmation or, or, or like, like recurring... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, like it, like it, 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 it's repetition. It's right. it's constantly hammering home 
the 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 idea of like Freddy's coming to get you. Yeah. You know? Like like you can always hear him, you can always see him. Like even if you can't really see him, you're very aware of his presence. You know. And even the idea just that somebody can just the power set of haunting somebody in their dreams mm-hmm. where it's like I'm the one in control here you I mean we're not really all in control of our dreams that's kind of in further movies that's kind of how they beat them or whatever but, right yeah but um or they trap them in something whatever but um the idea that I can navigate your dreams freely is fucking terrifying yeah yeah you're like oh I'm gonna you know we all they're I guess dreams are only about 15 20 seconds a piece they say the idea that there would be a constant theme of some terrifying individual throughout that is like fuck me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I can navigate your shit freely while you can't even do that that's yeah. it, it's like the it's like the greatest you know the greatest critique you could have of Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees is like well just walk brisk pace don't stop don't trip and you'll just outrun them just you, you eventually you will get away like just play just don't do the dumb thing that they all do in the horror movies. With Freddy, you can't escape that. There's no, like, yep, you gotta well, I'll just stay up for the rest of my life. No, that's unfortunately not the way the human body works. And one day, Freddy gonna get you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where do you rank him amongst the Jason Voorheeses and the uh, Michael Myers of the... the cla- I, We can all agree, sure. whether you love or hate, but he is one of the classic slashers. You know what I mean? Like... I I think he is in concept probably the most terrifying just for exactly the reasons right. I outlined. However, I think in terms of just sheer enjoyment of the movies, I always like Jason Voorhees because like his his kills always start out very violent and gory and then they got really cartoony. I mean like one of my favorite kills in horror movies is he literally just zips up two teenagers who are having sleeping sex bags. in a sleeping bag and just beats, <laughs> beats it against the tree. It's just so, it's 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 this really weird wink to the audience of like, all right, we've just run out of ideas. Yeah. He's literally just beating them to death against the tree now. Like, yeah. <laughs> what more can we show you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I've always been... I know, we'll take him to space. Yeah. And Jason X and all the other... Yeah. Right. No, I actually always like Jason myself too. Um, but yeah, Freddy... Yeah, he gets his respect. He's an all-time slasher. All-time. It's yeah. like in these... It's what, him, Michael Myers, Jason, Leatherface. Leatherface. Maybe Chucky. Yeah, Chucky. And, and even Pinhead. And maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was five. Yeah, that's... You're definitely Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore of it all. Sure. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what would you... Do you want to rate it? Or do you want to keep jibber-jabbering about it? Or No, man. Uh, I'm going to rate it uh, 14 cups of coffee. Okay. Good rating. I'm gonna rate it um, a lot, a lot, a lot of sequels. A lot of sequels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did want to talk. We were talking earlier about the the practical effects of it all. There's a oh, scene, yeah, yeah. There's a scene where Nancy's sleeping on the bed, and it's this really uh, large overhead shot. You know, where you can see not only like her sleeping in the bed, but then the wall behind her headboard. And Freddie, like as she's falling asleep, Freddie. Like does this weird thing where he leans into the wall and you can see him, you know, like he's not breaking the wall, but he's just sort of leaning into her world and you can see the knife fingers and the shape of his face and he kind of, you know, growls and breathes and then just retreats back and then Nancy wakes up and it's this really awesome, like terrifying practical effect shot that quite frankly, if you've never seen before, watch that movie just for that one scene. It is fantastically done. It's uh, Wes Craven, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wes Craven. Oh, the Godfathers of Horror. Rest in peace. Yeah. He did that. He did Scream, obviously. Mm-hmm. What else did he do? I know 
I know there's one other big one he did. Because uh, I know... Um, he did Gladiator. Uh, Gladiator. Did, uh, That's Ridley Scott, buddy. That was... Uh, let's see. He did uh, the Pokemon movie. Okay. He did... Uh, I'll admit horror, but yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I know, but he's one of the godfathers of horror. And yeah. then uh, what was the other guy who did... Um, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. He did yeah. a lot. And then, you know, of course, George Romero. I mean, yeah. like, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Like... Well, hell yeah, man. Well, Ed Wood. Uh, yeah, Ed Wood. Yeah, definitely. We'll do an Ed Wood Fest one of these days. Yes! Yeah. I, Just watch Plan 9 over and over and over. I do have, I want, we'll talk during Oscar season, but we'll we'll talk about the movie Ed Wood. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, Freddy Got Fingered we were talking about? <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. We reviewed it. What else have you been watching, my brother? Let's Which, see. by the way, I love Freddy Got Fingered, starring Tom Green. <laughs> One of the worst critical movies of all time, but you know that's got to fall right up my alley. Let's see. After that, I watched uh, Disney's The Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron. We mm-hmm. were talking about that a couple podcasts ago. Yeah. Or maybe last one. One of them. Yeah. I don't be remembering or listening. <laughs> but yeah, you were saying that was one of your... Uh, yeah, it was on the mailbag episode. Yeah. You were saying that was one of your favorite Disney films. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of inspired me to rewatch it so like i do like that movie i do yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I, for, I left off fantasia off that list by the way fantasia is my shit oh in terms of favorite oh, Disney i fucking movies? love yeah. fantasia yeah first time i tried ecstasy was sitting down watching fantasia yeah i used to watch the uh, what is the demon on the mountain or whatever the, the uh, final chernabog yeah, yeah yeah yeah. i used to watch that shit yeah. all the time was it the uh, hall of the mountain king yeah 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 that one's dope but anyways go ahead um i, I digress the black cauldron what'd you think about it break it down uh, basically, John. It's 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 a classic D and D fairy tale. Basically, John John Hurt plays the Horned King, who uh, is trying to find this black cauldron that will grant him the power to uh, resurrect a dead army of any soldier or warrior that's ever died, and therefore have like a never ending, unstoppable army, take over the world type stuff. Right. Uh, uh, in order to do this, he needs a pig that can tell prophecies. Named Prophet Pig. Prophet Pig, right. Named Henwig. Oh, nice. Yeah. Strong handle. Yeah. But yeah, keep going. Uh, I'm not. Sorry. Henwin. Henwin. Oh, either Henwin. way, still strong yeah. handle. Uh, uh, and so, long story short, farm farm boy has to protect the pig. Uh, in, the, in the meantime, he gets captured by the Horn King, meets a, a bard, uh, meets a princess, Gains a magical sword, uh, you know, just just classic hero, hero's journey stuff. But it's also really, really dark and like in a very gothic, uh, almost almost Tim Burton esque. I, I hate to use that that yeah. correlation because I don't want to lead people astray, but just in terms of of the bleakness of it all and sort of the, the, the overtones of like everything's in grays and shadows and blacks and whites and like the colors that pop are there for a reason kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just very, very dark overtones. There's, they, they mentioned death and, and there's blood and there's like all sorts of stuff. So like in terms of a Disney movie, it's not in the classical style, but it's still a great movie. Nice. No, I I got zero recollection on this one. Yeah, but check it out. Like you check it out. Dig it. Yeah. Sounds sounds pretty fucking rad. Like a uh, old school Hobbit, almost. It very much. I very love much. the old school cartoon yeah. Hobbit. The, the old Rankin and Bass. I think yeah. we talked about that one. Yeah, that's a dope yeah. ass movie. Yeah. The greatest adventure <laughs> is what lies ahead. It's a good vibrato, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. 
This is what I do when I can't sleep at night. Oh, I yeah. just stay awake and just do stupid voices to I'm, myself. I'm sure. I don't doubt that for a single second. So, uh, do you want to rate Black Cauldron? I know I didn't watch it, so it's hard for me to discuss it too much with you. Yeah, anything else you want uh, to let the people know about? Any what? Okay. What is it about this movie that separates it from other Disney movies? Is it because it's the gothic nature? Is it because it's so, so unlike other typical Disney movies? I think so. I think that's what it is. Because it is it's... very black sheepish, as it were. I know it's kind of like swept... Like Tommy Boy? Yes. You know, it's uh, <laughs> swept under the rug in terms of like the movies that... The animated movies that Disney promotes. A little further yeah, down the, yeah, the ladder. I, I think this was one of those things that they were trying to push in a new direction. Maybe try to go for a little bit older audience or like... You know, this this came out in, I want to say, like, 84, maybe 85, something like that. Um, so, they hadn't had the same hits they had with, like, the 70s Robin Hood and the Jungle Book and stuff like that. Like, they were kind of on a low streak for a while on that. So, I think maybe this was something to try and rejuvenate that or, like, spark a new interest. And once they saw it, they were like, oh, this is way too dark. And, like, we can't have six-year-olds watching right. a Disney movie where they're, like cutting people's heads off and stuff so yeah because they considered the disney renaissance to be like little mermaid aladdin mm-hmm. lion king mm-hmm. and then whatever one was directly beauty and the beast yeah yeah, 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 beauty, yeah, yeah. and then it kind of went away again because it started to pivot into 3d animation and other stuff and they kind of fell off for a little bit but sure yeah they had a strong decade there in the 90s <laughs> so. uh, what do you want to rank it uh i'm gonna rank an end bath <laughs> god damn it that was sorry. a better joke sorry, than i was sorry. gonna do <laughs> fuck uh i'm gonna give it uh all of gertie no that's a horrible gertie i'm not doing that <laughs> go for it oh nope. michael stop doing nope. a voice because he's nope. bad at it no nope. nope. stop the fucking nope. presses i'm gonna give it uh all of gergie's apples sounds good to me i don't get the reference but i believe that if it's you a watch pretty, the movie you will it's pretty decent rating from what i understand tonally hey i have no idea what list oscar is writing here so <laughs> i just go along with your references <laughs> I assume it's some sort of Christmas wish list. Uh, yes, that's uh, exactly what it is. Some sort of uh, to-do list. And before we get in trouble, we're going to pivot on to what <laughs> else you've been watching, my brother. Let's see. After that, I watched... Uh, oh, I watched Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, we just talked about Hocus Pocus 1. Yeah. Actually, uh, of course, you yeah. inspire me to, to watch a new movie. Did uh, 2 hold up at all? It did, not in the same sense that I think 1 does. I think okay. that this one's a little bit... Um, it's a little bit trying to capture lightning in the bottle again. It's it, it it's basically the same movie just with updated references, which works for however well it works. You they know? did at least wait like fucking thirty years to do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or you know twenty years or whatever. Yeah, probably thirty actually. Yeah, like like in, in this one, you remember uh, what was it? Uh, Katie Nanjami, her her character Mary, uh-huh. in the last one, like swooped up on a vacuum cleaner and yeah. like crotched herself. And this one, she's riding two Roombas. I saw the poster for that, and I'm not going to lie. I understand the bit would get old, but when I saw the poster, it actually made me laugh. Because like, <laughs> she looked like a Mr. Miracle. Like riding yeah, a little the, bit. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, comic yeah. book character, like yeah, riding yeah. on the little discs or whatever. Yeah, from, like Static Shock or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and I was like, that's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah I mean, it, it's, again, it's, it's the same movie. The Sanders sisters are awakened on Halloween Eve. And does a virgin light another candle? One is tricked into. She's she's sold a bill of false goods. She's told it's one candle. It's actually a different candle. So oh. she accidentally does. Yeah. 
but it's for her 16th birthday, she, which, of course, everyone knows is when a witch gets her powers because the movie makes it so. Oh, well, hey, look. If the plot determines that, <laughs> then I'm with it. If that's what you're asking me to suspend my disbelief on, cool. These are so, the yeah, rules so, of the universe. Cool. So uh, this this girl is trying to celebrate her 16th birthday with her best friend. They also, as a side note, had a third friend that just sort of got pushed out of their girl friend circle for undetermined reasons. Because 16-year-old girls are terrible. Yes, they are. It's not an exclusive club. 16-year-old boys are pretty shitty, too. But really, people are just pretty terrible. But yeah, anyways, go ahead. Tell me what else you like about 16-year-old boys and girls. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so anyway, so they're going to go do a, a uh, birthday celebration circle in the deepest woods next to Salem. And they accidentally light the black candle. Sanderson sisters are resurrected. And they decide that they're going to encant the uh, Magica Maxima spell, which turns... Uh, which turns a witch into an all-powerful being, basically. Oh, my goodness. It's basically turning on God mode. Oh, nice. And so that's their their ploy is to get that? That's their ploy, yes. And the the 16-year-old girl must inhibit this? It's almost as if you've seen the movie. I bet. Does Bette Midler sing again in it? Bette Midler sings a lot in this. I bet that's in her contract. As soon as they appear, they start going into a song and dance, and the two girls that are watching actually make a joke. They're like, who are they singing to? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I because uh, when I watched the first one with uh, Angie the other day or the other week or whatever, she was like, "Oh, I forgot this had a musical number." She's like, "Yeah, it's Bette Midler. I bet it was in her contract." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right there." So, hey, look, if that's what you're known for and that's your thing, go for it. I mean, God bless her. I mean, like to be fair, all of the all she's the, one of the greats, man. Yeah, like all the sisters, they're they're all keeping the same beats. Um, uh, you know, they all. It, they're, they're all staying in in, in character. It, it's like they never forgot how to play the character. So it, you're, you're getting the same beats that you are from Winnie, you know, the Bette Midler character, that you are from Sarah, the uh, Sea Biscuit, um, <laughs> and then uh, Peggy Hill. What's her name? Katie Nanjami. Yeah, Nanjimi, yeah. however you say it. Nanjimi, yeah. We're yeah, going to yeah, butcher yeah. that name for it's life. It's okay. She's okay. on the, like, wall of butchered names fame. <laughs> There's a coach. Chueto Itafor. Yeah, he's on and, there. Uh, Jim and Hienzu. Ayudu Ayawade. Yeah, all those. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. Uh, but did you enjoy the movie? I did. It, it's not wholly... It's it's definitely not as good as the first one. Again, they, they count a lot on the same beats. Or, not even counting on the same beats, but like... They know what the audience is expecting, and so they either play into it or immediately turn it, just to depending on what the script needs. Right, you know. It, but but it yeah. is the same beats over and over and over. Even again. when you turn away from it, and you wink at the camera. Going exactly. Like, hey, exactly. we know that we did this in the last movie, but exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. They bring back Billy Butcher and uh, oh, the zombie. Yeah, the zombie yeah, guy. Nice. Yeah, of course, because why not? Hey, he's you know, undead. Does um, the cat come back or what was his name? Um. Binks. Yeah, Binks. Binks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Binks no, he is not. Uh, they do have a cameo of uh, of Binks when he was human living in Salem. Like, the, the, the opening movie opens up on 16-year-old Sanderson sisters being accused of witchcraft and driven out of the town. And they do... Billy Butcher and uh, Binks both have a have a cameo. So, you, you do get to see them in human form. But the, the actual cat, no. Oh, damn. I thought they had nine There lives. is a black cat, though. I thought he might be alive still. I don't no. know how their uh, biology works. I heard something about nine lives, and that was it. 
Oh, no, that cat did. Oh, no, that cat did. <laughs> that was 20 years ago. <laughs> at best, at best, that cat is having a really hard time. <laughs> yeah, that cat's wanting to be dead. And he's yeah. like, I played pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me with dignity. Turn on the reactor. <laughs> it's a chain reaction joke for those playing along at home. Morgan Freeman, Keanu Reeves vehicle. Anyways, we'll plow right ahead on that one. <laughs> Moving forward. Yeah, what would you rate Hocus Pocus 2, sir? Uh, I'm going to give it... Um, let's see. I'm going to give it 20 years later and barely a step missed. Not bad. Fair. Fair. Was it 20 years? No, 30 years Probably later. 30 years, yeah. Hey, look. Still. Fuck, I'm old. All right. <sighs> Welcome to the club, sir. <laughs> what else you been watching, my guy? Let's see. After that, sir, I have been watching... Oh, the classic Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I know Ooh. it's not a scary Halloween movie, ah, so we good. won't spend too much time you're on good. it. Like... It's scary if you think about the world you would have to live in. Goddamn right. Yeah, it's fucking frightening. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, go ahead. With Tina Turner, rest in peace. Yep. Yep, yep. And uh, Mel Gibson's career, rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. How many how many bites at the apple do you need to get? Like we said, the behavior's got to change at some point. Yeah, anyway. So. No, no, what were you going to say? I was going to say, but yeah, somehow Clint Eastwood still has work. So. Yeah, well. Well, subject for another day. Yeah, anyways. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a retelling of, of the second movie, but yet with more and you know I, I dig it it's it's not my favorite of the trilogy but um it's worth a watch i i, I think tina turner turns in tina turner turn turns in a uh, in a uh, a really noteworthy performance it it's not weak by any imag- stretch of the imagination it's a little over the top but i think that's sort of just her character you know yeah, i think that's them writing the character to her strengths sort of thing I mean, if you're hiring Tina Turner, like, I want to see some Tina Turner shit. Right, right. Like, be commanding, oh, want, be over the top. Right. We demand, want you to, yeah, we want stage you to be presence. meek and mild and really demure. She's like, why the fuck did you hire Tina fucking Turner? Right, right. right. Let's see those legs and let's have you yell at some dudes. That's right. And, that's and run shit. Yeah, that's, that's right. exactly what I want Tina Turner to do. All right, Tina. So for this scene, I just want you to picture Mel is Ike. So just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Tina Turner. You have a legendary Uh-oh. career. On and off screen. That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm going to give that... Uh, I'm going to give it one post pocky lip. No, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it every inch of Tina Turner's legs. That's every a, inch. That's a fucking really good review. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. You know. Was that Auntie Entity was her name? Auntie Entity. That's, yeah, that's right. A strong handle. What a good character name. Yeah, yeah you got to be over the top if your name is Auntie Entity. Yeah. Come with some fucking weak ass, yeah. understated performance. Not around here. <laughs> Like, I know we're breezing through it, but I think we've talked about it at least once or twice before. So if you haven't seen Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, go watch it. Yeah. It's, it's Mel Gibson wanders into a, a town, is taken captive, kicked out of the town, finds a group of kids and tries to lead them to safety. And car chases are throughout. So Yep. And then gets thrown in the Thunderdome. That's right. Oh, yeah. Two Master in, Blaster. Two men enter, one, one man, man leave. Two men enter, one man leave. Oh, speaking of, of great quote lines, you know what we didn't bring up earlier? The song from uh, Nightmare on, on Elm Street. One, the one, dude, two, that shit was terrifying as a kid. I see it so annoyed, though, because I, I was like, okay, that's pretty creepy. And then, like, the first time somebody sees that movie, they just say it over and over, and mm-hmm. you're like, dude, 
it is sort of the O oh, behave of the yeah. It was like okay, one, two. It was terrifying when you first hear it though. Like any little girl chanting shit in the hall as they think they were jump roping or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fucking yeah. Terrifying. Creepy little girls are creepy. Yeah, man. I don't know how else to say that, but like yeah. creepy little girls are creepy. Yeah. So what else you been watching, my guy? Let's see. After that, what did I see? Uh, after that, I again not a not a scary movie per se, but as I was perusing through Disney Plus. I uh, I saw Destino. What the hell is Destino? Destino is a Salvador Dali and Walt Disney mashup. Ooh. So it's it's basically Walt Disney wrote a script or or what have you, and then Salvador Dali illustrated it. How did this elude me? I don't know, but if you're a fan of either one of those cats, I would highly recommend it. And it's only I want to say it's only like maybe ten minutes, like. Maybe less. So, um, I mean, if you've got a few minutes, you know. Attention span for the new generation. Exactly. Well, I mean, it was, I want to say they, they, according to the profile, it was 50 years in the making and they just recently completed it, I guess. Really? Salvador Dali had done all the, like, prerequisite drawings and sort of that thing. And, like, it was always sort of supposed to be fueled by Walt Disney and then things happened, whatever, whatever. It fell apart. And then they just recently... Uh, so filled like, in the, filled in the missing scenes. So we like storyboarded it or whatever, and they had some of the okay, exactly, okay, exactly. So it's That's very dope. it's very Salvador Dali esque in terms of just the the surrealism of it all. Um, very classic imagery of you know like people opening up from people and and weird staircases and things melting and blending into another thing and you know irreverence of you know why is there a giraffe in the background well why not, why not? You know? no i'm not a um a huge art buff by any means but we are fortunate enough to have a very big family that resides down in st petersburg florida yeah and in said city of st petersburg they have the salvador dali museum mm-hmm. and i've been a couple times in my life and that is Again, I, I don't have a lot to compare him to, but of the artists that I do know, he's probably my favorite. I was yeah. always, we always had like um, some of his paintings around the house because, mm-hmm. like I said, oh, yeah, I've got souvenir, up right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. So there's probably some here in the What You Been Watching studio, <laughs> which you will be able to see soon enough. Um, so, yeah, um, that was always my guy. So, I'd be really interested in seeing that. Destino. Yeah. Yeah. yeah man. Highly, highly recommended. Yeah. I, I mean, might check that out tonight, actually. It's, it's kind of a beautiful. It, the premise of it is is love story, but love lost kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's it's only eight minutes, and it's beautiful artwork and animation. It's all hand drawn animation. There's no CGI, no you know, computer work. So yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah, man. especially if you're a fan of like hand animation, for sure. Well, hold that review because uh, don't spoil it for me. But, okay, uh, I'll, I'll I'll definitely yeah, be watching yeah, that. Let's 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 put a pin in. It, we'll come back to it. Most definitely. Well, I appreciate your patience with me on that one. Like most <laughs> no things. worries. I mean, you got eight minutes. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, anything else, man? Let's see. You've been definitely hitting the spooky season. I know, I know. I've been hitting it hard. Oh, man. I might have seen one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life right now. Ooh, that is a bold statement. Well, okay. One of the best camp movies I've ever seen in my life. Of a genre type. Right, right. I mean, it's not Highlander level. Okay. Yeah, because the last time I said that was after I left the theater for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, definitely. I, like, I think definitely I just watched problem. one of my favorite movies of all time, I, I think. Yeah, I, so, I fully agree. Yeah. I'm about due for a rewatch here soon. I'm trying not to beat that movie to death so I can appreciate it each time. But but that that's a movie that you can watch over and over and over again and still get another layer and still get another, you know, another thing to appreciate, another tweak, another small little detail. You know, like there's so much work put into that movie. 
I also, and we're not talking about the movie that you've been watching, but just while we're selling everything everywhere all at once, the one thing I truly appreciate that movie for, and everyone knows I'm a pretty big kung fu buff and I have really a big appreciation for the medium, the fact that we got a Best Actress winner in a kung, in what is, it is a comedy, it is a drama, it's a lot of things, but it also is very much so a kung fu flick. For sure. That, uh, somebody won a Best Actor and or Actress for a kung fu movie, we're on the map. Let's that was it. like when Logan got nominated for Best Screenplay for a comic book movie. It's like, hey, we're pay, on the map. We're on the fucking map. Like, they're not just dumb comic book right. movies. They're not just dumb action movies. Like, right. They can also right. be important stories. Yeah, Same thing I how I felt about everything. Everyone. I was like, sweep everything. Win it all. And like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yep, yep, and, same and, shit. Yeah, same so, shit, yeah. So yeah, genre when it pops up like that. So, Anyways, but... Of genre films, you said you saw one that you certainly appreciate on a very high level? I did. I saw a great campy little movie called Slaughterhouse. Oh, man. They yes, don't bury the lead not, at all. Not Slaughterhouse. Sloth or House. It's a brilliant title. Right? It's a brilliant title. Marcus, let me ask you. Do you like sorority murder movies? Uh, yes. Do you like cute little sloths? Love them. Do you want to see a sloth murder sorority girls in inventive and fun ways? Yes. Have you got an hour and 13 minutes? I usually do. Sir, have I got a movie for you? Oh, man. What a hell of an elevator pitch. Monorail. 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 (laughs) Simpsons reference. Nice pull. Nice pull. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So basically, uh, this girl is trying to... Kurt Sloth or something? Well, no, no, no. no. Even better. Uh, it's just the one sloth that just learned how to kill from an early age. <laughs> it got snatched off a off a tree branch by a crocodile when it was really young, and then uh, slashed it in half. And since learned that like, oh, murder is an option. Nice. <laughs> so it's just like evil. It's not even cursed or possessed. No, or anything. just just a badass sloth. It has yeah. the taste for yeah. blood. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like that more and, than anything. Uh, so this sloth gets tranquilized, and she's brought to America by this uh, exotic animals dealer. You know, like one of those underground right, kind right. of things. Um, and so, side story: there is a woman at or at, uh, at a sorority house who decides she wants to run for sorority president. The, her last year, her, like her senior year, and she decides the way to do it is she's going to become a great influencer and bring a lot of attention on the internet to the sorority, yada, 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 but she just can't seem to generate the numbers. Smash cut to, these people meet in a mall. She, she He decides to sell her a sloth. She decides it's going to be a great way to market her campaign. She inherently gets the sloth and then... The sloth finds out that the guy who abused her, the guy who abused the sloth, the exotic animal dealer, met the chick who he's now living with, who she's now living with, and then decides to go on a murderous rampage and chokes out and murders women in hysterical fashion. That's great. Was it sneak <laughs> up on people while they're asleep? No. Even G- give me give me one kill, not the highlight, but give me one. How do you think a sloth? would kill a sorority girl. You you give me an example. I would think that, I don't know, they're partying, they're, one person is drunk probably, Okay. and he's hanging from a ceiling or something like that, uh-huh. and then she turns into a door, 
Oh, it's a female sloth, by the way. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, it's a very girl power movie. Oh, nice. Okay, I'm for it's it. It's female on female violence. Way That's to, why it's so good. Way to flip the script on right? me. See? I thought See? it was a dude sloth. Stop being sexist, bro. Uh, That's on me. You're right, I assumed. You gotta reestablish your parameters, man. I know, bro. Fucking male killers are faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the wrist shake was so bad. <laughs> yeah, that was on video. It was a lot funny. But, uh... No, I don't know. Uh, goes into a room or something like that. The female sloth has its arm hanging down. It picks up the person by the head and its little feet dangle and it rips its head off or slashes its throat or something. See, almost. See, that would be what you would think it would do. How would it, How would you feel if I told you that this sloth electrocutes an entire bath shower house full of sorority girls? Oh, that's awesome. How do you feel if I told you that this sloth drives a car to the hospital to purposely smother someone with a pillow? Oh, say no more. Oh, yeah, you've got me. You've got How my money. How would you feel if I no, told you? No, 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 you? don't tell me anymore. I don't want to know anymore. Unless you want to just tell the people. But I, you, you've dropped some morsels right there. I'm just saying, you're not thinking outside the sloth box. Okay, because I didn't think... I thought they were trying to keep it within the realm of sloth possibility. But they're like... Oh, this Sloth, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's a funnier word for that that's going to combine two awesome things. But I'm not sharp enough <laughs> to think sloth opportunities. There we go. Let's see. Let's go with take two. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sloth ability is still pretty good though. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I was just like, didn't think they're like, oh, we're gonna have the sloth ride a skateboard or some <laughs> shit like, and put those two. Now, if it was a, a radical gecko of some kind, I would have <laughs> believed it to ride a skateboard. Was that a Gex reference? Yes, it was, Michael. <laughs> yes, it was. And I'm so glad you picked that up. For those of you who remember Sega one. Saturn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, that was a joke for everyone over the age of 35. Yeah, and even then, Sega Saturn, you're hard to find now. Anyways. Yeah, no, that's that's dope, though. That yeah. sounds like an awesome time. Yeah. At some point, the sloth, like, Ratatouille's one of the sorority so, girls. Yeah, say no more. No, I got it. No, I'm with it. This is, this is fucking stroke of brilliance, man. And the animatronic. It's not a CGI sloth. It's literally like a hand puppet, like... Sloth, yeah, I don't like care at all. <laughs> Mark is like, fine. I don't care. I mean, shit, it could be a stuffed animal if it's a placeholder. I'm like, <laughs> and then the stuffed animal does this, and I, yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. It is pretty brilliant. I like when two things cross over that have absolutely no business crossing over. The brilliance of it's literally just written on a pun. Like you know that they totally came up with the title first. It's two dudes sitting around being like, okay, so instead of slaughterhouse, what if it was slother house? Yeah. And the dude's like. Fucking put that down. Put that down. Yeah. Start typing right now. <laughs> hey. We just got off of weed. We got on the cocaine. Let's fucking make this happen. <laughs> we had the weed and mushrooms for the concept. <laughs> now to get to business. Yep. <laughs> I can bang this out in two days. Oh, yeah. The methamphetamines for the execution. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Heroin for the... <laughs> Never mind. <Yeah. laughs> Anyways. We don't uh, promote drugs here at What You've Been Watching. Well, I at mean, least one of us lightly know. does. Um... No, that sounds brilliant, though, man. I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. yeah. What would you rate it? Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, let's see. I see what you just did there with your delaying of the review. You're moving out of sloth's bait. God damn it, that was brilliant, Michael. And now you get it. Oh, man, that was brilliant. I was waiting here like, <laughs> is this dead air? I mean, I know we can cut it, <laughs> but then I saw what he was doing. That's a good review. That's a good review. That might that was fun. that might be one of your favorite of the genre. Yeah, so that's that's about it. That's, that's Slaughterhouse. I can't yeah. recommend it enough. Well, yeah, that's on the list. And uh, I will be watching Destino 
and motherfucking Slaughterhouse very soon then. Cool, cool. So, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. Who we got today? We have our sponsor, Single Ply Toilet Paper. Ooh. Single Ply Toilet Paper. When you're broke, and it's available to steal from work. <laughs> sponsors single ply toilet paper when you barely want to wipe your ass and also run the risk of sticking your finger in your butthole single ply toilet paper yeah why does it exist what is the purpose of like it's so ineffective yeah you're just you it's cheaper but you just use it twice or three times as fast (laughs) and that does not make you might as well just wish it away be like i really hope my butthole's clean after this one (laughs) Uh, single ply toilet paper. Thank you for being our sponsor today. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, million dollar question for you, sir. What you been watching? Mm. As I drink my soda that I'm sure that somebody spit in. Um, I watched a couple things, not a lot. Um, I did watch The Meg 1. I went back and watched it. Oi. Oi. It's a shock. It's a it? shock. It? <laughs> Which, I actually, I like that. The last 30 minutes of two better than Meg One, but they do the same thing. It's like, oh, a shark's causing trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got to try to kill the shark. And then the last 30 minutes is just cannon fodder. We're like, oh, we're going to unleash the shark with actual pedestrians for it to maul through, which it's a PG 13 movie, so you don't see a lot of blood, but it just causes havoc and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Jason Statham fights the shark to. To kill it or whatever. And so the last 30 minutes of each of these movies, I like a lot. <laughs> I, I would watch that. If they just got rid of some of the setup and just got, hey, guess what? We're going to have them fight a shark, but it's only going to be a 70-minute movie. There you go. I'd be like, I'm there cool with that. I'm cool with that. Look. Yeah. Scene one, Jason Statham staring down a shark. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I actually dug it, man. I uh, I appreciated watching it. I'm glad Rain Wilson was in it. He yeah, played yeah. exactly the role I thought he was. In the first one, the shark is much smarter. Like he kind of like tricks and outwits people. In the mm-hmm. second one, they're just very like, "Oh, we're sharks, and we're gonna do shark shit. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna chase after this after the submarines and gnaw on them." And it's very nom 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 the whole way. But uh, the first one, he sets up the the whale for it to to as like they're using the the dead whale as bait, and then the shark comes up to get them while they're thinking they killed the shark. Right, oh, right, he's right, a right, smart right. old shark getting the oily. But halfway through. My joy of the oh, movie. The, the reveal where they have the, the Meg strung up on the deck like like a like a catch of the day kind of thing. Yeah, and the dude falls in the water and they're having too much fun and guess what? They're like, this one has bite marks, but bigger bite marks. Yeah. What does that mean? There's a bigger shark. And then right and then there. immediately a huge like I mean, this thing's like three times bigger than the shark, the, yeah. the Meg shark that they just caught. And it crashes the boat and eats the other Meg and flips the boat over and eats the other dude that was... It's, it's basically like the last like 
the last act of Jaws, but like in the middle of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it from that point forward much more. But uh, you know, I did do something very silly. I was talking about. I made the joke to. I was watching it with Angie and Sawyer. And I made the joke that I love to make that I told Michael when the trailer for the Meg 2 came out. Mm-hmm. I was like, Michael, here's the trailer. It's Jason Statham. He's doing some arbitrary shit, whatever. And then all of a sudden, the camera pans to him and he goes, Oi! It's another shark, isn't it? Right. <laughs> and that's the premise of the movie. Yeah, exactly. It's another shark, You're isn't it? you telling me there's another there's shark. another Meg, isn't it? And so I started doing that bit. And <laughs> then for some reason, we were talking about ChatGPT. And, the, uh, the AI the a- writing the, program? The open source AI program. And um, at some point, Sawyer and I were, were talking about it a little bit before dinner and before the movie started, actually. And he was just plugging shit in because for whatever reason, we were using it for other purposes. and um, Just entertainment. Just entertainment. Okay. And You're not selling this to Sony or anything? No, fuck no. Okay. Fuck no. And then at one point, he said... Uh, fucking scab. I know, right? No, he said... Um, he asked ChatGPT, he said, write me a song... About a man who eats dog food for fun, and ChatGPT's <laughs> response was, "I won't. It won't do it because it considers it to be graphic material or disgusting or grotesque material." And so I went up to it and I go, "Write me a song about or a rap song about eating dog food for fun from a dog's perspective." <laughs> And there's a yes. and there's a formula that ChatGPT. This is why the robots will never take over. Exactly, <laughs> I feel it with my nonsense. And so there's a formula that ChatGPT does is if you give it certain parameters. I said about who about a or from the perspective of a dog who eats dog food for fun. Mm-hmm. With almost without fail, the first sentence is going to be something about, "Oh, I'm a pup and mm-hmm. I love to eat dog food." Sure. So you just take that out. Oh, yeah. I'm a man, and I love to eat. Yeah, dog yeah, food. but no, but it always those are the parameters. And so then we, as the movie went on, the bit kept going, and we were starting to laugh about shit. And then we just started going, write a song about a man who fights a shark, and that was one song. And then it just started evolving into write a song about a man named J- a bald British man named Jason Statham who fights giant sharks. <laughs> and then it just fully devolved into. Start each sentence with the word oi, and the last word of each sentence should be in it. Halfway through the song, he realizes there's a second shark. <laughs> and Michael, <laughs> the ABC, that sounds great. The ABC rap that it comes up with, it's like, oi, I'm a bald British bloke, and I hunt sharks down by the troke, isn't it? <laughs> it was so bad. But just halfway through the song that we were writing on ChatGPT, he's like, and I realized, oi, there's another shock. <laughs> and it's so bad because it takes what you're saying literally. And so That's we were having great. fun That's writing. writing See, this the, is what AI should be used for is just mindless entertainment. Yeah. So every... every let, me, let me just type in the most ridiculous shit that I can think of and see what it comes up with. Yeah, the parameters of start every phrase with oi and then... The last word with in it, and then halfway through, he realizes there's a second shark. That's right. <laughs> Literally, it was 16 bars halfway through it. I'm like, between the second and third verse, just whack, and then there's another shark. Like, they literally meant halfway through the That's song. That's great. That's great. So, yeah, we were having fun with that. And so, we also came up with the, the sequel for the Meg 2 is going to be the Meg 3. The course. Meg 3. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Just one for each shark. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. 
<laughs> fucking soccer hooligan. Sorry. So I will be watching those movies as long as they keep making them. I'll just say that at this point. So. Oh, that's funny as fuck. So yeah, we were having fun. It was I had more fun. It was why you watch movies. Sometimes you just go down rabbit holes and whatever. And uh, Sawyer's nineteen, so it was. I'm probably younger than that at heart, so <laughs> it struck my fancy to just be silly as shit during yeah. the because you're not like super invested. You're like, oh, he's fucking fighting a shark now on scuba gear and right, whatever. Right, fucking right. Kicks which the shark. action figure is he this week? He's underwater. Stay though. Right. He's jet ski. Stay them. Right. He's ninja clad. Stay them. He's so. infiltrator. Stay them. Yep. Yeah. So as long as they keep making these movies, I will keep watching them. So I will look forward to the Meg Three. Oi, oi, oi. In theaters near you very soon. So. The Meg Three. The resharkening. The resharkening. Right. <laughs> um. So yeah, I would rate it. Um, Another shark. <laughs> you can't beat that rating. Or it's the, oh, it's another shark, isn't it? Yeah, that's about as good as it can. Uh, give it uh, 32 rows of teeth. There you go. There you go. There you go. Those are human rows, I think. Or No, those are individual bones. And they, right. oh, I see what you did. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, the other movie I watched, man, I watched, uh, it was on at the house and I came in about a third of the way through, but I've seen it enough times where I consider myself watching it. Okay. I did watch Constantine. What a great movie! That I is. fucking love that movie. I think that's really underrated in terms of uh, comic book movies. It is. It's, I know it's a little, it's a little chintzy. It's a little uh, over the top. Like they ask you to to sort of make prestigious leaps in logic sometimes. But I think that it does a good a, a good job of of setting up its own universe and playing by its own rules. Does that make sense? I get it. You're like, sometimes the rules don't make sense, but it does play by its own rules. They don't always explain things, like it, why the bugs work and whatever, or, like, why he rattles the... But you don't have to know. It's just some artifacts, some shit. You, right. You just, it's, it's, it's magic. Who you got to get the premise of this dude knows what he's doing. He's been around it for a long time. Um, but I, I, I agree, though. I think it's just kind of a slept-on one. I know a lot of people who really read the Hellblazer comics, which is where John Constantine originates Constantine. from. Constantine. Constantine, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> That's part of the reason. And secondly, the blonde hair, people were like, he has blonde hair. Like, how can you fuck that up that yeah. quickly? Yeah. But hey, you got to get a star attached. Um, it should have been like Daniel Craig or like... Um, uh, Don't take away Keanu's pivotal role. <laughs> that was his pivotal role? Yeah. You're just going to look over Neo and... He's got... They're all pivotal. walk in the clouds they're, they're all, and what's eating, eating Gilbert Grape. They're all... Okay. <laughs> That's a callback. Good job. They're all pinnacle performances, Michael. Um, but no, he... Um, I think he does a pretty good job in it, man, for what it is. And um, I get a lot of people's beef with it. A lot of people that are avid readers of Hellblazer. So like, you took one of the worst storylines that they did do, or mm. one of the most quote-unquote Hollywood storylines that they mm-hmm, did. Mm-hmm. And like, why'd you do that one? There's so much better Hellraiser out there. Well, and even then, the liberties that they took with it was kind of like, like it was a decent story as it was, and then you kind of took some extra liberties that didn't need to be taken. Well, but. because the, the Hellblazer comics are famously some of the darkest storylines that DC's ever written. I mean, there's literally one where Constantine goes to hell to save a baby. There's one where, I mean, like, just just in terms of marketability, like... You either have to make it so dark that it's a rated R movie, and then you are literally just attracting adults who know the comic book, yeah, or have like gothic influence. You know, like ooh, I love movies about Satan and magic. Like, but it's a very niche market. Or 
you market it to a PG-13 crowd and hope that you can just get people in on the aspect of featuring Keanu Reeves in a comic book movie. And Which is what got me. Exactly. Because I'm not, I know who the character was and But is. not like familiar. I'm not, that wasn't my, right. my ish. Passing familiarity right. in terms of, I've heard the name. Right. Um, and I think it, again, as somebody who's not familiar with it, I can imagine, because you've heard me say these exact same things about Spawn, about like the first Daredevil movie, is you make it mainstream enough where you're not a, you, you differentiate enough from the comics where you lose the comic book crowd, but you're also making it still so niche enough that you're not really attracting a giant mainstream exactly. crowd either. Exactly. So you're like yes. kind of caught in this weird in the middle. Right. And right. that movie... Walking the tightrope and sort of falling on, like ne- never really falling on both sides. So it like, but it's just, it, yeah, there's no, there's no real pull to it. It's not, it's not fun enough to be like a fun comic book movie and it's not dark enough to be like a dark gothic, right. like you know, morality tale. Right. And so it kind of misses the mark a little bit on both ends, but, but I still personally really enjoy that movie. Sure. Um, sure. It's sure. got a lot of great performances. Tilda Swinton as, um, um, Gabriel, Gabriel, the, yeah, the archangel. Yeah. 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 Gavin it's, Rosdale. Of, of oh Bush fame. yeah. 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 He plays fire. Uh, he I was play, born of this. Yeah. He plays a demon. He plays, uh, the, the second hand. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? I'm on a, another name. We butcher a lot. Um, he was in, um, blood diamond. He was oh, a, uh, Jimin Hinsu or whatever. Jamon Hinsu. Thank you, thank you. You bailed me Hinsu. out of that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Great actor, great actor. Yeah, um, he plays Doctor Midnight. Yeah, he uh, does. Like a, like a voodoo witch doctor. Yeah, like, I think he's Haitian or something. I think that's the they imply it. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but no. It's and not. Rachel Weiss Rachel is the Weiss is, is the is the titular uh, female protagonist. Good in everything, Rachel Weiss. God, who else? Who else is in that? Uh, Shia LaBeouf. It is Shia LaBeouf. That's As, right. Uh, what's, what's his name? Chaz. Uh, Palmentary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, definitely. The Snap Famous, yeah. That's right. Yeah. By the way, can we write that Snap or uh, Chat GPT? Uh, Shia LaBeouf playing Chaz Palmentary roles? <laughs> yeah. Get on that, Chat GPT. Uh, but the one performance I wanted to talk about. Okay. This is personal. I can't think of one. I like Al Pacino. There's other ones I like, but my favorite interpretation of Lucifer himself. What is uh He says like the Morning Star, most unclean, unclean he, one, yeah, the horned he, one. He was not what I do. So love the, the old, old names. names. Yeah, but Peter Stormare as the devil. He is and so Constantine. Great. I will is say shit. I will say just personal counterpoint. Tim Curry in Legend, but. He was under very heavy prostheses, prosthetics. That's all, folks. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. now, I Maybe like- Tim Curry, but also, yes, like in terms of just like a a person playing Lucifer, yes. Yeah. Like Al Pacino was good in, in uh, Devil's Advocate. I'm not taking anything away from that. Um, also, Viggo Mortensen in The Prophecy. Never seen it, so I got oh, no... Oh, he's a great devil. Yeah, but no, I just, I love how charismatic Peter Stormare is. He's just very... Like, he gets so close to licking John Constantine's face. The idea that he's the one soul that he would stop time to come to Earth for. Yeah. And he and he calls his bluff. He ends up, you know, trigger warning. He ends up, uh, Constantine slits his wrist as the world's literally about to end. Mm-hmm. To bring, they're about to unleash the son of the devil on the on the globe. Right. And he's like, it's not your time yet. So he brings forth the devil himself. And he's like, Constantine, the one soul 
I would come up here myself to get. And he's wearing this all white suit, all tatted up. But his and his feet are covered in tar, and like yes. he descends from the ceiling, and all you like his introduction is just tar dripping onto tile. And then you see his feet descend, and they're just covered in black ooze. And every step he takes, you can hear the like. Quick, quick, yeah, quick. it's kind of steaming too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he looks sweaty and like sort of like, sort of like coke bloated. You know what I mean? A little like, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah, like I had a rough night out the night before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like if you've ever worked in the restaurant industry, probably most of your employees. Oh, if you've ever had to have a clopen and yeah. uh, it was homecoming night, and uh, yeah. yeah, I closed the restaurant down at midnight and then went to homecoming games or uh, like homecoming, yeah, the homecoming, bars afterwards, like, yeah, 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 yeah after parties. And then, uh, yeah, I had to be in here at 7 o'clock yeah. in the morning. So, I have so many ideas. We should buy a boat. I have an idea for a hat. Yeah, you, we call that a top shelf sweat. <laughs> and you got those big ass beads that roll. You're like, That's I know right. what you did last night. Um, right. But now he's great in it, man. He's yeah. also in a. I'm I'm giving it to him. I'm giving him the underrated performance of the week. You know what? I'll buy it, but not for that movie. Which one? For him in Armageddon. Oh. Peter Stormare in Armageddon. That's right. American components, Russian components, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And he was also uh, he was in The Big Lebowski. He was. Yes, he was. He was uh, uh, Carl Hungus. Yes, he was. The nihilist. Yeah. That's right. He's been in a lot of other shows. What you too. want about uh, communism, dude? But at least it's an ethos. Nihilists. I mean, <laughs> nothing. That's nothing. Right. <laughs> it's a great movie. No, he's uh, he might be working his way up the wall. He's well. You can guess where it goes from here. Uh, he fixes the cable. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Big Lebowski as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, when he plays the in the porn movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Log jamming. Yeah. But no, he's great in that movie. That's I think is my favorite portrayal of the devil. Yeah. He lights the cigarette for John uh, for Keanu Reeves, and he's like, uh, "Don't you know these are bad for you?" He's like, "Yeah, I got stock in it." Right. That's <laughs> Such right. a great his delivery right. of that line. He's like, "Yeah, I got stock." And when he talks about how like uh, Constantine's trying to light his his Zippo and he can't he can't make his hands work, and he's like, "Oh, that's what happens. You cut too deep, and the rent, the tendons they get severed." Manipulate. Manipulative dexterity <laughs> goes out the window. Yeah, but no, he he toes the per. I just think he toes the perfect line of not. He obviously is playing a character, but he also plays it very straightforward, like mm-hmm. just a dude that he's having a con- like a conversation with yeah. uh, Keanu Reeves constantly. But he's also time. constantly picking at him. He's constantly he's throwing these little bars, little out. jabs, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he whispers just enough where it's like you can tell, but it's not like a a very creepy, like ooh, like he's trying to be creepy. It's just so naturally. It's it's almost like mock seductive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like he's he's enticing him to his side, but he knows exactly like. You're gonna fuck me, but you don't want to fuck. Me. Yeah, yeah. And like you've seen the portrayal of the devil himself as being like suave and debonair and seductive, almost like vampiric. And he's just kind of grimy, like mm-hmm. like '80s coke dealer kind mm-hmm, of. Like mm-hmm. so, I not even '80s coke dealer, like '80s like nightclub owner. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a better. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the two might go hand in hand. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> in Miami, at least. So, um, Shout out to Club La Vila. I know, right. Um, <laughs> So yeah, no, Peter Stormbeer. I wanted. We are to... never getting Club Lavilla as a sponsor. Now. No, God no, God no. But uh, Peter Stormare as the as Lucifer. Yeah, I, I want to give it. a shout out. So. Yeah, yeah, he's he's so great in that role. He's very seductive and and enticing. Like even from his entrance, you you you're just your attention is is 
drawn to him. Yeah. One of the things I do like about Keanu Reeves' performance in that is he does a lot of subtle stuff. He doesn't... There's not a lot of huge action pieces until the very end where mm-hmm. he storms the the whatever the building or whatever and sure. he puts a cross it's a hospital yeah yeah it's a hospital and he um and he floods the the um fire alarms the uh, sprinkler system yeah the sprinkler system is what I was looking for yeah he puts holy water in it and he drops a cross or whatever gets it in there turns it on and everyone starts like rotting technically Shia LaBeouf's that is the, true. Puts the cross in there. That is true. Turns into holy water. But it was yeah. his plan. So. Right. Right. And then he goes in there with like the water shotgun and starts blasting these oh, water no. shells. At no, people. no, it's a it's a dragon's breath. That's right. Shotgun. Yeah. yeah. That shoots fire. Yeah. And a, shotgun shells. Yeah. It's a gangster ass scene. <laughs> yeah. And as he's hitting him, the water's exploding yeah, and fire. Yeah. yeah. It's a gangster. So I um I dig that movie. I'm gonna give it. Two tattoos that you have to mash together as the background <laughs> blurs and you say some gangster shit. <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, Tilda Swinton in yet another androgynous role. Yeah. <laughs> so still a pretty good rating. You've seen that movie once or twice before. A few times. We were talking about that in um, when we were reviewing Snowpiercer. It's a very similar role where she gets to like these giant monologues. are like, oh, this person's lost their fucking mind yes. a long yes. time yeah. ago. She yeah. plays a very similar role at the end of this movie in that She too. does that very well. Like it, it is almost typecast, but I mean, she name one person that does it better, you know? Like Yeah. Maybe uh Zach Galifianakis, but in a like in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I knew he, what you meant though. He's so far removed in a comedic way. Right. You know? <clears throat> oh, before I move on from that movie. With uh, Peter Stormer's portrayal of the devil and Tilda Swinton, after she gets her plans foiled, the devil blows her her angel wings off of her. Uh-huh. And she's like, all right, well, cool, you're going to ruin my plans. She takes the spear of destiny, and she's like, in God's name, I, I smite thee. And she goes to stab him, and it stops like about a centimeter in front of his face, and he looks like, tsk, tsk, tsk. He goes, points to the heavens, he goes... Looks like somebody doesn't love you anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, or looks like you fell out of favor or yeah, something says, like that. Looks like somebody doesn't have your back, back anymore. That's right. That's right. It's such a good delivery. And he's just like, oh, thought you were going to stab thought me. Thought you got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good scene. So um, The last thing I saw, I'm going to break it down. I saw not The Shining. Oh, no. But I saw Dr. Sleep with no context. <laughs> so I dove right wait, into the sequel. Wait, wait a minute. So, no context meaning like you've never seen The Shining. Nope. Okay. I was on the the great discreditation, <laughs> okay. discreditation. Yeah, never seen The Shining. Okay. Seen parts of it, but never beginning to end. So. Okay. I mean, like you have a passing familiarity with with the story, right? Well, that's kind of what I want to talk about, actually. Is okay. The fact that I didn't feel lost in this movie, and I'll I'll talk. I think we've talked about Doctor Sleep before, so I won't spend too much time on it. But the part that interested me, and I guess the the meat of, what, of the conversation I wanted to get to, was the power of the pop culture ethos, and how something's been okay. parodied. And I understood four of those words over here. That's how it feels being me. <laughs> And you start to get drunk and go swing for the fences on words. I'm like, Mm-mm, dial it back. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about the implications yeah. of the institutions of the. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, we were playing D and D last Sunday, uh-huh. and I killed a, a character. My character killed one of the main bad guys. And when that happens, the the, the dungeon master was like, "All right, cool. Uh, what do you want to say as you as you smite this beast?" And I got it. I want to say some Star Trek 2 shit that Khan said. I go, uh, 
from hell's heart, I stab at thee and I strike him down. <laughs> and Michael and our buddy Glenn started cracking up. And Michael's like, wait, 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 wait. You think that from hell's heart, I stab at thee <laughs> is from Star Trek 2. I go, yeah, I know it's from Moby Dick, but nobody, nobody read that. <laughs> I gotta, I'm using my references. I know it from Star Trek 2. By the way, a lot of people have read that. No, I haven't. <laughs> I knew it from Star Trek 2 first, and then somebody told me down the road, they're like, no, that's from Moby Dick. So I first learned it from Star Trek 2. And you were like, it says Dick. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but no, so, but what I was talking about, again, pop culture ethos. Uh-huh. That's what we were just talking about. Sure. Right. Never seen Moby Dick, or never read Moby Dick, still know what that's from. And that's the thing with Dr. Sleep, is that there's a lot of callbacks to The Shining. It is You can watch it and not know anything of The Shining, but you... You will appreciate it much more, I'm sure, if you do. Okay. But so, even even with that being said, I knew just enough. The Shining has been around. It has made its its mark in pop culture run so deep that you don't even have to see the movie to oh, understand, yeah. to get what they're getting at, to yeah. know the Overlook Hotel, to know the Here's Johnny line, to know the bartender that come doesn't exist, to know that you've yeah. always been here, right. to know the Come Play With Us, to know that The Shining exists, to know you the tricycle the ride. Yeah, to know the bicycle ride down the hallway, right. to know the elevator doors open and there's blood. Right. Like, right. And that's just the handful of it. I know that he dies in the snow maze, at, or the, uh, the hedge maze at right. the end in the snow. Spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit, is that it's one of those films, and it happens with a lot of other things, too. Like, Psycho. Uh, right, know, right. Certainly one scene. Wee, 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 yeah. Wee. Yeah. And how the, it's so ingrained in us, just by its parodies in The Simpsons, and its references and, and callbacks in other yeah, films, yeah. that it is so deep that I don't even know it firsthand, uh-huh. and yet I still know it. So, I, I just thought that was incredibly impressive, and you kind of take a moment to sit back and go like, holy shit, this was a very important movie. And it was often imitated, you know? Even right, for the right. fact that Stephen King, it wasn't his favorite adaptation. Like, the movie has stood the test of time in so many ways, you know? I mean, that's when you, what happens when you put a really great, prolific director with actors who are really willing to push the envelope and, and, and lay it all on the line in terms of, you know, uh, Shelley Winter. Is it Shelley Winters? Shelley Winters and uh, Jack Nicholson. I mean, Stanley Kubrick. Just his visual style alone is so great in that movie. I know you haven't seen it, but, like, it, it is a very Stanley Kubrick movie. You know, there's people staring down the camera, long cam- you know, Symmetry in the background. Lingering yep. shots that just seem to go on for just a heartbeat too long that make you wonder, like, well, wait, why is he showing me that? You know, right. like what's the important of seeing Danny make all the turns in the hallway? Like, like, is it, is he randomly just riding his bike or does he have a mission in mind? You know? Yeah. Um, so I, in terms of Dr. Sleep though, I, I did appreciate the movie though. I still actually liked it. So I have not seen the movie. Oh, okay. I thought what's, we talked about it before. We, we have, I, I have a passing familiar in terms of like it's it's Danny all grown up and we now both, he has just, the shining just out of we both sound so full of shit right now <laughs> no no, no. Uh, no I know what you mean I'm just saying if you're an outside listener like we're being honest like I've never seen the shining you're like I've never seen Dr. Sleep sure I have a passing familiarity with it you have an interest in the story I get it. Sure. Your, yeah, yeah. your thumb was close to the pulse of the community on that one. So Right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Same thing, like I said. Listen, we're doing the work here. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, Hear that? That's science. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> but what was your question though about? What's the main plot line? Like, I know it's Danny all grown up. It's it's he's still uh, uh, experimenting with his special gifts in terms of uh, I guess it's psychic or or telepathy or it's whatever. a lot of yeah it's mind trick it's, it's it's Stephen King undefined psychic powers pretty much pretty okay. much you can make someone believe that like false uh, like almost like the god of mischief Loki stuff you're like I'm holding a soda and really you're holding a loaded gun. What uh, you could do, that's at the high end of it. And then the sure. other stuff is you just can communicate with other people that have it on right, the low end right. of things. You can travel around visually and astral project uh, to okay. other places. Okay. So ultimate, quick and quick version of the story is he's been cursed with this. Obviously, he's suffered a lot of trauma as he watched his father go psycho and try to kill his whole family sure. and so on and so forth. Um, he learns he has this incredible gift. He's been traumatized by it. He tries to subdue his shining with alcoholism. And so he becomes a... Ra- Shh, call it the shinning. Yeah, the shinning. to get sued. Exactly. <laughs> the Simpsons reference, see? That's how deep it runs. Um, so he tries to subdue it with alcohol and stuff like that. And it causes him trouble. Hey, I like him already. I know. Uh, so eventually he, he goes to to work at a... Um, I guess it's like hospice care, like in... in not in-home hospice, but like an actual hospice center. Okay, okay. Where people are, are passing away. And there's a certain cat that will um, will always lead him into people's rooms as he knows that they're going to die. Okay. And so like whenever the cat goes, the, the story behind the cat is like as he's talking to these patients, it's like, I know what time it is, Danny. Da, 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 da. And he kind of gets this... Oh, so like the patients recognize when the cat when the cat comes, comes the in, like I'm not I'm not waking shit, up. Not tomorrow. looking so good, right? Yeah. Right, right. And so it kind of starts where Danny ultimately soothes one of these patients just by having a conversation with them. Soothes, so- soothes, soothes. S O O T H. Maybe there's an E S. Yes. Yeah. Soothes. Soothes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, not soothes like a lawsuit, but soothes like the Lorax, like Doctor Soothes. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> stop making fun of my speech impediment, sir. <laughs> I draw the line at the Lorax jokes now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so really that's what it is. And uh, he comes to terms with it. He defeats his alcoholism. He mm-hmm. And it jumps like eight years later. At first he's just a janitor in the, in the story when he's still drinking. The cat goes in there and uh, he, he uses his shining abilities to put the man who's about to pass away at ease. Oh, and, so it's like uh, Goodwill Hunting but like Stephen King. Kind of, but he's not a genius. So... Well, I mean, yeah. so anyways, he gets sober for eight years, whatever, and then it's kind of where the story picks up. He's now kind of embraced this role at this hospice as Doctor Sleep, and he knows that so he can go to people okay. and they go, "I'm scared, I'm scared," and he's like, "You don't need to be. It's just like going to sleep. You you don't end. You know." He's like, "You you you're not in this shell anymore, but you don't end." And he That's somehow cool. yeah, and then he later now is, now is he bullshitting them or is he actually no like- no he. They explain later in the movie he's not bullshitting them. He can. Okay. He really has this gift of, okay. of knowing that. Um, like he's not just telling them like what they want to hear. No, like he's, no. He's he actually does believe the things he's saying. Well, lo and behold, the person who let him know about his gift—I uh, forget what the character's name—the um, black dude in the shine. Scatman Carruthers. Is that what it is? It is Scatman Carruthers. Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah, that guy. He's been kind of his force. Hong Kong Fui. Okay, I don't know. He's <laughs> it been... is. That's that's Hong Kong Fui. Oh, that's dope. I don't yeah. Know. Um, well, no, he's been um, his force ghost for a while, so oh. he's been speaking to him from the afterlife for a little while, oh. so he's not bullshitting me. Hey, people. Danny, let me tell you about your powers. <laughs> All right, chill out. <laughs> we're, we're tiptoeing the line now. 
I'm going to put my drink aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me out. No, you're good. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of the introduction to it. The B side of it is after he gets sober or whatever. There's been this collective of people. That's Rebecca Ferguson's character. And they are pretty much shining. They call it the steam. The steam? The, yeah, they go around and they, they're like vampires. They, they torture the people that have this gift. And then they suck the steam out of them. And so they can live for a really long time. Oh. And so, it's, so like by absorbing their psychic powers or their what their gift, whatever, like it's it, it's, it's vampirism, pretty much. And there's okay. a really uh, trigger warning again. This is a pretty fucked up scene. It was actually pretty pretty tough to watch. They kidnap a little kid and they show them. They don't show it all, but they show them torture the kid. Oh, wow. And as they're doing that, the steam gets released in moments of fear and great pain. And so let's just say they inflict a lot of it on. Ah, and so. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, there's a a little girl who is gifted beyond belief, and this like this, the one kind of thing. Yeah, and these okay. these vampiric people led by Rebecca Ferguson. Um, her name is something the Hat. Um, I forget what it's like, Kate the Hat or something like that. Um, she always has this black Kate in the Hat. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but it's something like it's something the Hat or Rose the Hat. I think it is. Okay. Yeah, okay. Rose the Hat, and she always has this kind of like top hat on kind of thing, like uh, a steampunk kind of thing. Kind of, okay. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And so uh, she's leading these kind of like nomadic, dare I say, gypsy esque kind of people. Um, okay. And starts to kind of get revealed to like, hey, we're running out of the steam. This this whole thing. There's a way that they can store the steam in these containers. She kind of. Takes like a, almost like a shotgun where you take a hit of it and you blow it into something someone else's sure. face. Right, right, right. Okay. She does that a lot, but she saves a little bit in these special containers to, to break out in times of malnourishment. Because again, they can live for a very long time. So it's like it's like uh, like gasoline or something in Mad Max. Like the resources running out. Yeah. And so, or or I don't know, like Waterworld and Earth or whatever. You know. Like, yes. Ultimately, and okay. so really, what happens is is she sits on. Uh, Rose the Hat sits on top of like this. They all travel in Winnebago's or like a traveling band sure, or whatever. Sure. And so she tries to reach out and make contact with these people that have these gifts. And ultimately, she finds she comes across this this girl who is incredibly gifted, the okay. one that I was talking about earlier. Um, I think her name's Abra or something like that. Abra? Yeah, I think so. Was it is her last name Kadabra? I think so. it's something like that. <laughs> I'm just gonna call her Abra. I'm probably butchering her name. I don't feel like looking it up. But they, the whole premise is... We, Samsonite. I was way off. Slippy, Swami. <laughs> but uh, the whole premise is, we're tired of catching fish. We have a whale. Sure. Let's go get this whale. Okay. And in the meantime and in between time... That's a Moby Dick reference. I know. <laughs> See? Brought full circle. We're really good at this podcast shit, aren't we? Yeah, that was fucking really well played, sir. That was good. That was really good. Um, so, whale situation. Yeah, so... They're, they they want to go get this this young lady. Kind of in the meantime and in between time, Danny, who's played by um, Ewan McGregor and this Obi Wan, Obi Wan's himself mm-hmm. is Doctor Sleep is Danny. Okay. So he's the one that's recovering from alcoholism. He kind of lives a, a pretty like a, a solitary, yeah, solitary yeah, yeah, yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, that was the word I was looking for. Sure, because um, he he wants like a to, hermit. Or something. Yeah, he yeah. he wants to keep his gift low profile. Sure. And uh, he's like, I don't want anybody to know. And the girl and him make contact. So they kind of become like pen pals. They write on a chalkboard and the other one can see it. Red brown. Yeah, well, that yeah. comes back later. But this this girl, Abra, eventually senses the torture being caused by these people. And she oh. 
the, that's when the worlds collide. And so Gosh. then it becomes a... So that's what draws him in. And like, I got to save this girl yep. from this group who I also have to find out information about. Yeah. Okay. And this okay. girl is like incredibly powerful. Like this Rose the Hat, they kind of have like a battle of the minds at one point. And she gets blown like down an entire aisle of a grocery store. Rose the Hat does? Yeah. It gets okay. like, bye. And she's like, she wakes up freaking out. But she's like also kind of like turned on because she's like, I have never felt anything like sure, that. Like, sure. I got blown out of this girl's mind and she's 1,500 miles away from me. Like, this is the one. Like, got you. Got we have you. got to find this kid. Got so, you. Got you. That's ultimately the premise. At a certain point, the Overlook Hotel plays a part in it. Oh. So, I won't, I won't get into it too much. But that's the basic synopsis. Tell me, do they find Jack Nicholson's frozen body in the hedge maze? I'm going to let you... Do you really want to know the answer? I really do. They do not. Oh, but, wasted opportunity. But Jack Torrance, the the, uh, the the hedge maze plays a role. Okay, okay. Um, there's a little. It kind of gets a little bit Inception-y at some point where they're like, "Who's Inception-ish?" My- Inception-ish. <laughs> but um, it does get a little bit like, "Whose mind are we in?" kind of situation. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And so let's okay. just say the hedge maze plays a role. In that, oh, so, okay. Yeah. So maybe maybe not featuring a Jack Nicholson cameo sort of overlay sort of thing. 100%. There's a certain bartender that makes an appearance. Oh. So, yeah. It's, I won't spoil it too much. And again, I don't grasp. They don't do a great job of explaining the limitations of what The Shining is. Sure. They call it the steam. They're like, oh, your steam is so great. Um, yeah, they... Yeah, it's 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 a trip. And one calls it The Shining. One calls it... I just it, want your goo. Yeah, Give the goo. goo. Yeah. So they don't really do a good job of explaining what the limitations of this is. But it's very... I enjoy the way it was shot. And again, I have no reference for what The Shining was. So maybe they tried their best to do a Stanley Kubrick style in certain ways. Sure. And you can tell... You you have to at that point, In some ways, they they definitely pay homage in certain shots. You can tell it 100%. The lingering shots, the long camera, like hallways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The the Kubrick stare. Yep. And some direct just callbacks to it. So I'm sure. just direct, like, oh, they're just doing this again. Right. Same carpet pattern, same. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I enjoyed it. Some of those, some really trippy scenes in terms of like the astral projections, how they do things, how they enter in and out of the world, um, what each other's, how they enter each other's minds is kind of cool. So I actually kind of dug it, man. I, again, I have no reverence for the source material like some other people do. Okay. Obviously, I have a certain amount of respect for it. And I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate that. There are certain things in pop culture that without even knowing it, it has stood the yeah, test of time. Yeah. Like it, It's like Psycho or like um, The Birds or... Uh, Rosebud, saying something yeah, of that yeah, nature. Yeah. And those Wait, are just... What's that? <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, like, like just certain things are so ingrained into our pop culture memory... That even though we might not have seen the source material, it's been so referenced, it's been so like almost like satirized or 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 like it's so referential that like you can't help but know what it is, you know. The Godfather when he's like, On this day of my daughter's wedding right. or the horse head in the in the right. in, in, in the bed or or um Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. Uh uh Michael killing everybody in in the restaurant, uh, uh, what have you? You know, yeah. Waterworld. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's that Waterworld. <laughs> it's our second Waterworld reference of the night. And so yeah, no uh, Casablanca or yeah, he's looking or, at you, kid. Yeah, right, exactly. No, I exactly. just I just wanted to give a shout out to it because it's very rare that something has that big of an impact 
on society this many years later mm-hmm. in terms of pop culture, you know. Um, oftentimes, you know, like I said, without not just trying to list off a bunch of examples, but this is definitely one of them. And so it was kind of cool to know that, like, even though I've never seen The Shining, that I have a certain amount of um, reverence and uh, a source of, of reference to as well. Sure, so, okay, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. know just enough about it to know, like, oh, you don't, shit, you don't know shit about this movie? But I could still appreciate it. So the movie doesn't, in terms of Doctor Sleep, doesn't always fire on all cylinders. It's it's pretty good. I certainly enjoyed it. But what, uh, what's the main problem? Just they just do some nonsensical things sometimes, and they just sometimes they just magic it away, and other times yeah. the plot points of like why would you do that? Um, that's that's kind of always been my problem with Stephen King. Like I, I'm not a huge Stephen King fan, but like of the stuff that I've read and of the stuff that I've seen. He, he does just kind of sort of like plot explain away stuff. Like, well, of course they're going to do that because fuck it. It's ill-defined. Who cares? Right. Like, it's just, it's the ill-defined Stephen King magic, you know? Like, we need him to do this because it'll blow your mind. Why not? Ooh, scary lamp. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, my, the only other issue I had with it, and I, I think, in their attempt to uh, pay homage, homage, homage to um, Stanley Kubrick, do for exactly. In their attempt to um, make a cheese omelet with uh, <laughs> for Stanley Kubrick and pay homage, the pacing of it kind of gets weird. Okay, because it's supposed to be like an action, like okay, we're ramping up the intensity here, and then they slow it down with like some of the lingering shots. Sure, and I know what they're trying to do, but it doesn't always necessarily work in terms of pacing. You're like, okay. oh, we slowed the movie okay. down here for no real reason, but I guess it kind of is a unique spin because maybe that's what Kubrick would have done. So, but but not really so. because I mean, the original Shining is a very 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 slow burn. You know right. what I mean? Like it is all about setting up the. I mean, the movie opens on them driving to the Overlook Hotel, so you get a a, a feeling of like who Jack Torrance is and who Danny Torrance is and who Wendy Torrance is. Like, so you get to develop these characters and, and build this, you know, rapport with them. And then once they get to Overlook Hotel, like that's where the rules are established. Like, Hey, you're going to be here for three months and all, you know, you're going to have power outages and communication is going to be bad, but you know, you can run on generators and this, that, the other, like, and so that's and so once we enter into the the second act, that's when things start getting creepy. Like he spends the entire first act building the characters, building the worlds, be, building the rules. Second act kicks into here's some weird shit, but not really kicking it off, but just like like lighting the wick, you know? Right. Like like you can see the firecracker coming and it's coming and it's coming and it's coming. So by the time you hit the third act where like Jack Torrance goes completely crazy and is smashing down doors with an axe and, and you know, all work and no play. Exactly, sense. like that's when it's like that's the boom. That's the that's right. the 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 finale. That's the 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 big show. You know, so it is kind of different in that, like because Kubrick was very. It, and again, you could look at like two thousand and one or or. Um, even a little bit like eyes wide shut, you know, like, like things just build and build and build and build. And the third act is like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah. Eyes wide shut didn't pay off in my opinion, but I, it's, it's I all, I, I get your point though. I get your point though. Um, 
So yeah, I guess that would be my only beef with it a little bit is the things I talked about in terms of certain plot elements don't really make sense. Certain mm-hmm. like, why did you do that? And the pacing of it, especially towards the end, is kind of like, hey, well, are we at the climax or are we right. slowing it down here? Or oh, there's another shark. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so it did do the thing that I was hoping it would do, and it really does make me want to watch The Shining. So well, good. Which I know it's like, oh, fucking forty years too late or whatever, but. It really did. It made the it made me feel like I really do need to watch it because I was like, man, I feel like I'm missing out on something. There's all these clues, and I think I know something, but I guess I'm gonna kind of reverse engineer my way back into The Shining. So I guess that's ultimately in terms of what the movie studio would want, right? Probably exactly what they would want to happen. Right, right. So hey, remember this franchise that we put out 40 years ago? Do you want to give us a little bit more money for it? Right. <laughs> well, hook, line, and sinker. So yep. I'm gonna go back and we'll talk about it. And after I. Uh, here, it's a masterpiece, so I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. I I honestly do think you would enjoy it. Like I said, it's a real slow burn. but Which I like. But in terms of just putting cinema, like like putting shit on film and how well it's done. Top it, tier? Pretty top tier, All yeah. Right. I mean, like, even if it's not your flavor, you really do have to appreciate, like, damn, this is like... I don't like steak, but this is a really done, like really well done steak. Right. If you're gonna go get steak, get you the wagyu. Exactly. Right. right. I got you. Exactly. I feel you. So. Right. Right. All in all, I did really like Doctor Sleep, and I actually would recommend it. So what do you give it? I'm gonna give it one friendly bartender. One. F- You've always been here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right, so uh, I think that kind of covers it, man. Uh, Discussed everything I've certainly been watching. Hell yeah. That was a good session. It was, We got a lot of stuff off our chest. Yes, certainly, man. I'm I'm back to MT again. That's right. Uh, So Marvelous Mike Dudley, signing out. MD3, out of here as well. Uh, Go watch a movie. Talk about it with someone you love. So, uh, with someone you love. (laughs) 